Welcome to STAR, Society of Tarot and Astrology Readers podcast. I'm Nao. And I'm Joali. And I'm Tanya. And today we are just going to have a good old-fashioned conversation because after all, we are here in Gemini season. So let's just get chitty chitty chatty under the influence of this Virgo moon. So we have recently survived and completed a Mercury retrograde in Gemini. So how did you guys manage to survive? (laughs) I personally, I had a lot of readings. So I was very, very busy. It was a busy retrograde for me. Um, I will say that I was more prepared for this retrograde than I have been in the past. And I think a lot of people can kind of relate to this sequence that goes on when you first uh, like hear about Mercury retrograde, you're like, Oh, and it's very like um, new and you don't know what to do. And people are like, Oh, well, if you, if you cross the street the wrong way in Mercury retrograde, your grandma's going to die. You know what I mean? So you better not paint your toenails orange or your whole family is going to get the bubonic plague. You know what I mean? And you're like over there really scared that like everything's going to go wrong if you do anything. And then when you're in the middle, you are the Mercury retrograde. And this is where all my clients are cutting their hair, doing everything you're supposed to hella not do, moving. I don't know how many of you bitches moved, signed contracts, signed leases, um, got proposed to, did all types of shit. And you know who you are. Yep. Um, who did all kinds of stuff. If I, if you messaged me last, this last retrograde and I told you, babe, can you just wait two weeks? Um, and that's where I've been. I finally arrived where I signed no contracts. Mm-hmm. I did nothing. I did nothing with my hair. I looked homeless the entire <laughs> retrograde because I did nothing with my hair. Nothing. No changes. And I just worked. Um, waited to launch everything. Yeah. My projects. Waited to start new relationships. Um, so I really enjoyed the focus on work, the mercurial energy of it, the ability to crank out my readings and do what it is I needed to do. And I'm kind of in this new phase of my familiarity with the flow. Like I know there's three retrogrades a year. I know that um, how long it's going to be and, and, and when I need to put things off, off for. So I will say that my retrograde for me, this was the most like, well managed. Everyone in my family knew, even Ebony, June 3rd, Mercury's <laughs> in retro. You know, it's actually, there's a video in Star where Ebony is blaming Mercury for shit at the beginning of this, at this of the beginning of this retrograde. But this she has been knew. the first one. She knew. She mm-hmm. fucking knew um, that uh, uh, this one was easier to navigate for me because I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. And now it's over and we're in the post shadow and I'm still waiting for the post shadow fuckery because in my experience, post shadow has been, what do you think is worse? Pre shadow or post shadow? Or is there a difference? Tanya? I think it just depends on um, how it's affecting your chart specifically during that, that retrograde. Um, Usually I'm a natal mercury retrograde and um most Mercury retrogrades, I can pretty much skate through with just a few like hiccups or delays or whatever, just normal, um, benign type of stuff. But, um, this retrograde 
was on top of like it retrograded right on top of my Chiron placement. And that's in my 11th house. And the 11th house is really networking and the internet, like how we network through the internet. And so for me, business slowed down a little bit, but I think that happened uh, for a purpose too, because I was kind of internal Mm -hmm. during that time too. Um, my daughter got hit really hard at the very beginning of retrograde. She went in to do her, she took an honors English class this year and she went in to take her placement test to get her college credit and that her teacher had not put her name on the roster for the testing. And she was like a wreck. It was really, really rough. Um, so that one was hard. Uh, I had, you know, the normal ex drama that we have, um, especially when you're co-parenting with people. But um, this year was a little bit rough because we had my daughter graduating and also my stepson graduating. Mm -hmm. So we had co-parents on both sides because they each have a birth parent and also a step parent that was in their life Mm -hmm. for a long time. And so there's like six parents involved in this entire situation. So that was rough. And then um, we found out that, uh, another ex had decided to get married. So uh, the decision to get married happened during retrograde, but marriage didn't happen, but the decision did. So that's fun too. So that's a lot of, um, you're just going to spill tea across the table. (laughs) That tea just spilled right in my fucking lap. (laughs) Yep. Well, we're famous now, bitch. We're famous now. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You didn't no names. names. No names needed. Anybody. Um could have been anybody. The retrograde did like come for my phone's home button. And that's raggedy. Mm -hmm. And Gemini is about siblings. I feel like people don't talk about the sibling aspect of Gemini. And I forgot, I didn't forget, but I don't like I don't know. I had some sibling drama. Mm -hmm. Some sisterly beef that took place this season and it actually last season we last gemini season we also had sisterly beef and um so i forgot i'd be forgetting that's a good i mean same it's a good awareness to like have when it pops up in our consciousness to be like oh yeah Yeah. was the pattern there when that happened last time Mm -hmm. that's relevant to poke a little yeah note yeah that siblings be on their bullshit especially well my sister has a virgo moon so it's like a mercurial season anyway so she's like she's on that um in star right after the retrograde at the very end of the retrograde we started a new parenting group so it's called raising stars And um, basically the point of this group, shout out to Christy, who's been working on that, um, just as the head of that, uh, because we're over here doing this. Um, We have that group going on and a new place for the parents of Star to talk about parenting, to talk about their kids um, in a safer space, because Star is not a safe space to be posting your kids, mostly because of the people without kids and their opinions. Okay, yeah. that's why. It's not like we're full of predators and star. No. It's all those opinionated ass TikTok yeah. motherfucker dog moms that have opinions <laughs> yeah. about kids. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we got away from them. 
and we're in raising stars with other parents where people are like, my child just called me a bitch. What do I do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. We need the freedom to be like, call that bitch a bitch back. You know what I mean? Like, Seriously. Because it's not, it is so, so easy for people who are like, and I think all of us are guilty of it too. Like when we are young, before we become parents of doing the exact same shit of being like, Oh, mm-hmm. well, when I'm a parent, I'm going to do this. And if this situation happens to me, I won't do this. I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm not going to threaten to spank them. I'm not going to like ever do mean things to them. I'm never going to get angry. I'm never going to be upset. I'm never going to think about hitting them like that. You think that that's going to be the case. And then you arrive you know, many, however many years later to be like, okay, I am stressed the fuck out because I've had a shitty day. My cat died. My kids are jumping up and down and I've tried to rationally explain to them why they can't have fucking popsicles because they had fucking cake earlier and they are literally calling me a bitch or they're melting (laughs) down and they're throwing like clean laundry on the floor. I haven't taken a piss by myself in four fucking years and these little motherfuckers want to tell me why they need cake or pops or whatever the fuck it is more sugar Mm -hmm. in their life and you're about to fucking lose your flip like you think Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to keep yourself chill at all times that's a fucking lie that should be the first rule of parenting you are never going to be chill and you're never not going to fuck up these kids flips are gone you're fresh out of flips as soon as as soon as the kid pops out of the Mm -hmm. pussy all flips are gone like losing your flip mm-hmm. is just right there at all times yep. like like yeah, you <laughs> lost your flip the like flip left, parenthood. you don't ever get, get it back like and in my defense we're dumber because we had babies you actually get stupider when you you're do. pregnant so you think you're going to do no girl yeah. whatever intellect you think you have now bye you're about to be the stupidest bitch in the world and your kid's gonna know and let you know bitch you know what i mean like it's rough and this taurus 26 degree taurus um mercury that we're dealing with right now is very similar to motherhood i would say Mm. um it encapsulates you think you could and it's harder than it should be but it's beautiful and venusian Mm -hmm. and it feels good Mm -hmm. and all that complicated taurian venus empress mutable mother creativity shit that we have going on there. And um, it just, it went together. So we ended up opening up a parenting group for star raising stars. Check that out on the map that Nao just updated. Um, and you do have to be a parent. Uh, we voted uh, on if we were going to let dog moms yeah. in and we decided nobody gives a fuck about y'all. Mm-hmm. And um, the day your dog, <laughs> the day your dog can fucking yell, I hate you. And <laughs> then we'll let dog moms in. Oh my mm-hmm. Lord. Oh my the day Lord. your dog can yell, I hate you at you. Then dog moms can come into the parenting group. I know. Right. D- dog moms can literally get their dogs fixed in order to avoid grandchildren. <laughs> like, Okay, so yes. pregnancy that's is yes. I have concern for a dog mom. Yes, yes, the teenager, that's the teenage concern. Mm-hmm. If you're a dog, you can leave that yeah, motherfucker in a room for hours. You know what <laughs> I mean? In a cage. Like, that oh, is a literal cage. <laughs> in a room, in a cage. Don't talk to me. Like, in a cage, in a room. I threatened to spray water at my dog. Oh my God, I'm calling CBS. You know, oh, like, I don't know how many times I've had to deal with, like, oh, I sprayed, you know, I sprayed my daughter with water. Um, 
you know, that's not good for their development, right? Like if you spray them with water and all the dog moms come out and that's basically why we made the parenting group. It hits close to home because it is something, you know, we all deal with. But um, now there's a space where we can um, spray water on our kids when they misbehave mm-hmm. without people <laughs> judging us Calling for Calling CPS on us. I know, right? Or like, like, relate, relate, relate. Every Everybody's doing those like TikTok like and I don't want it. I'm, I'm going to actually go tell the group that I don't. I don't want it. Those TikToks where it's like they're talking to themselves and they're like, "Oh, you should do this," and they're going back and forth and like mm-hmm. interrogate, like interviewing themselves, mm-hmm. and they have like some super woke, rational. This is why your two year old actually can't process it, and you should just bitch shut the fuck up. <laughs> In the time that you made this TikTok, my two year old. Ripped up every receipt for all the shit I need to return. <laughs> broke the fridge. Fridge are a thousand dollars here in Puerto Rico. It's sitting inside the fridge on the fu- girl. No, no, you don't understand. They don't understand. Um, it's always people with zero zero percent. So um, that's Explain an exciting things thing. rationally. That's like the biggest fucking trip, and it ties into like Gemini because like if mm-hmm. you subscribe to the whole concept of there being a relationship between Gemini and the third house of astrology, mm-hmm. we know that the third house is like foundational in our communication. It's our base education that we learn, which is largely what we learn from our parents and our siblings, that base level of how do I interact and communicate with other people? That's like the people you have in your house that you experience with on a daily basis. That's where you learn those things from. So it's very much, you know, thinking that, I would be able to rationally explain shit to my children and they would just be like, oh, yes, mommy. Yes, mommy. Rationally, factually, mm-hmm. you're correct. I will stop freaking out about that thing now. No, bitch. No, bitch. Yeah. You cannot. They're not rational beings when they're young. They're not rational. At all. So it doesn't matter how many times you rationally explain it and break it down and explain that that's not a thing or that's not going to happen to you or no, like rationally you actually can't eat that much sugar and have a good time you will vomit like you just can't they don't give a fuck about your nice beautiful rational explanation they They just don't they don't care they can't they They don't have the ability to yeah they don't they they don't have the ability to like there are people that think that you're you know usually it's people that don't have kids um it's always people that don't have kids (laughs) that you're going to be able to explain like the Geneva Convention to a toddler <laughs> and come to terms. Mm-hmm. And then that t- coupled in with these same TikTok motherfuckers coming in and saying it's child abuse to say because I said so to your child. I had to bring that one up to my therapist. That's what I brought. Excuse me, therapist. <laughs> it's child abuse. You know, everybody's bringing these complex ones. Do I have ADHD? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a whole nother one. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, is it really child abuse to tell your child because I said so? And the answer is no. No, it's not. You, I think your kids better after experiencing like, especially because my children are feisty, feisty mm-hmm. first house mm-hmm. Mars plus having Martian ruled Moon having asses that are just down. And fire mercuries. They're just down to fucking push their agenda at all times. Mm-hmm. So the more I open up a discussion, the more of a discussion there will fucking be. And one of them mm-hmm. will discuss it to literal mm-hmm. fucking death. 
And again, mm-hmm. I have to try and keep my yeah. fucking cool when I'm still like a full complex human being at the same time too, with my own shit that I'm trying to just deal with on the daily. So it's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm starting to default more to, I told you so just because it's like, I don't feel like explaining yeah. this to someone who again is not fucking rational about this yeah. at all. At so all. I told you so is just like, because yeah. the answer is no bitch. And I'm not explaining and I'm not doing no more. Mm-hmm. It's just no. Right. Well, and I think also it's nice to be in an environment where just that gaslighting of parents who are doing all the things like raising kids and trying to make money and pay bills and keep everyone safe and keep everyone fed. And just this gaslighting of parents like, okay, yeah, um, I don't recognize any of the shit you're doing, but I do recognize that you clearly can't keep your cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, why yeah, you exactly. think that that's happening? Like- exactly. That is so incredibly true. And it's actually one thing that I was thinking about just because this has definitely been a theme is the fact that everything that they said that we should like told our parents to do with us. Now they're like, you literally did the worst thing ever and your kids are fucked, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So how do we know that all these TikTok people who are writing literal contracts for their one-year-old to sign with terms and shit, it's not like, oh, you expecting (laughs) your child to have a rational decision when they didn't ruin their whole life and psyche and now they're fucked up because you had a multi-syllabic conversation with them when they were 18 months old on why they shouldn't touch the stove and now they're fucked because they can't do anything unless anything's fully fully explained you know what i mean like whatever it is that the, the prevailing knowledge is you know when for our parents it was uh spare the rod spoil the child and now it's like oh well you beat your kids they're fucked you know yeah and with us it was like we got awards and shit it's like oh well now they're awarded for everything titled ass motherfuckers all they're gonna eat is avocado toast and drink starbucks and ruin the economy you know what i mean (laughs) so now with these little villains that didn't get told shit didn't get spanked didn't had to be trapped in the house their parents are all have adhd and are on you know what i mean like what do you think is gonna be in 20 years for them you know what i like don't they're gonna be like oh the fact that you were on facebook and you posted this girl since she was six months old she's fucked like she's over like she can google herself from the time she was born everybody in the world knows she was preemie oh it's over you know what i mean like she has she needs 12 shades of therapy just because of that so there's no anything that people are advising in the future it's very anything that people are advising will create a generation of people with similar problems, which is kind of like the generational stuff we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. And those generational issues for this generation will be quarantine, isolation, terrified parents that won't let you out of their fucking sight because they're afraid that you're going to get shot in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shot or infected with a a, a A disease disease that's new to human beings. Like, yes. So those kids will have those problems and they'll be in therapy because they weren't allowed to go anywhere. And their parent, you know, I had to really, really, my shadow work parenting of the week was going. So my lawn, my washing machine is behind my house. You have to go like along the side of my house to, see it my daughter's in the pool in the front of the house now my house is like in a cul-de-sac and there's two houses in front of mine ain't nobody getting to my house you know what i mean like i live in a neighborhood neighborhood in puerto rico we're secure but the fear i had of like leaving her she's four in front of the house while i went to the back grabbed the clothes 
I had to like force myself to do it because it is so scary yeah. these days to leave. Cause I'm like, the, there was like people working on the house next door and I'm like, somebody going to snatch her and leave. But, it, but what actually helped was you can't get out of my neighborhood fast because everybody's so nosy. So I'm like, okay, we're going to be okay. I have a minute right. and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And she, my daughter was yeah. scared to be left alone. You know, it was like an ordeal because it's like, we're not alone. So our kids and, we have our own unique circumstances for that. Mm-hmm. But even if we didn't, even if yeah. we didn't have our own unique, everything that, you know, we went through as a nation mm-hmm. with what happened with, with just what's happening in elementary schools, what's happening with the safety of our children, which is affecting people's ability to parent. Yeah. Parents are like, do I send my kid to school so they can potentially get shot or do I keep them home so they can be here with me and my mentally ill bullshit all day long and <laughs> right. figure that out. And then you know when they finally I mean? launch as like adults where I really can't like keep them around anymore, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? Not they knowing, having asses. They won't know how to do, they won't know how to do anything. They already, but people already don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just really, one thing I will, shout out to all parents. I didn't mean for this to become the episode topic, but mm-hmm. I, obviously it's something that needs to be discussed. Um, and we do have a question from a starling that we're going to talk about in just a second. But the difference between us and even people or people who have children now, children that are either, go, you know, toddlers or, you know, elementary school age, even the generation before us, uh, people like Tanya, who just had her children graduate high school, they knew what their child's life was going to look like. They knew what middle school was going to look like. They knew what high school and prom. I don't know if prom and high school will exist when Ebony arrives at high right. school. You know what I mean? I don't, when I'm applying for, even in Puerto Rico, when I'm applying for um, kindergartens, I have to get a computer for her. You know what I mean? She needs, she has her own laptop for kindergarten here, you know? So I didn't know that that's how, I just don't know what school is going to be like. I don't know what Ebony's life is going to look like. If high school is going to be the best route for her, or if we just immediately get her at like, 14 and give her like college skills because you can you can and just do that and that's a better setup for life where you have your bachelor's degree at 18 rather than your high school diploma at 18 um but we don't know what school is going to look like what our government is going to look like what our country is going to look like uh big changes all around even big changes here in puerto rico the the debate about statehood versus uh just us not being a colony anymore and our independence is back up again. And I see these themes. So on the parenting theme to wrap up the parenting conversation and bring it all the way back to Gemini, uh, we have our beautiful rainbow who is pregnant as the ever loving F. (laughs) Okay. This baby is about to be here any minute. We'll probably be here by the time the podcast is actually uploaded. Yeah, probably. So um, happy birthday to you. You're on your way. And Rainbow wants to know, she's having a Gemini baby. Should she be nervous? Do we have any Gemini, any anybody who has Gemini placements with their kids? My daughter and has a Gemini Mars, a Gemini Venus. So what are your thoughts? Thoughts and prayers or just thoughts? <laughs> so both. Like, uh, a, um, my youngest is a Virgo sun, 
um, Leo Moon, Sag Rising. She has Libra, Mercury, and Venus. Or no, her Venus is conjunct her Moon in Leo. And then she has um, a Gemini Mars. And her Gemini Mars makes her mouth like the mean. Like she can ascertain what the meanest thing to say is and say it. But here's the thing, like that can be hard as a parent when your child is small, but when they start growing up and you watch them stand up for themselves and be the first person to advocate for themselves and um, be able to do those things easily and naturally, like that's a really proud moment. And I am happy for her for that. That's, that's awesome. gorgeous. I think. And like what about in. Oh, for, for the Gemini Diane. Venus. Yeah. For Torin. Torin's the Gemini oh, Venus. Oh, to Torin's the Gemini Venus. Oh, okay, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So with him, I just see it like, and with any like Gemini child that I interact with, it's more just like, should you be scared? Yes, to a certain extent, because they are just such energetic little bugs. Not that all little children are energetic on some level, because they absolutely are. But like, Geminis have like intellectual activity. So it's like their brains just need to constantly have snacks, not food. They're not like sumptuous meal Sagittarius having asses who just want to sit and like totally gorge themselves on knowledge. They want to have like a snack plate where they can jump around to these different ideas. And so just be prepared, I'd say, with having a Gemini baby that they're going to want to have many different interests. So be careful. Don't fucking invest in buying them the best equipment for the hobby or extracurricular that they're in because they're going to probably change their goddamn minds. So don't like... Yeah. Let still allow them to open that doorway, but don't be upset when they keep coming back out of the door and want to go find a different door to walk into. Cause that's just going to be a normative part of their experience. Um, and allowing that to kind of come through and also being mindful that they are really easy to mentally exhaust themselves through that process too. Like there's a double edged sword and just know that that hyper neurotic sometimes behavior you just need to be prepared to find ways and have a system in place to placate them and four of swords their ass. Like sometimes you might have to forcibly four of swords their ass into calming down, having something that is helps mm -hmm. regulate themselves mentally to keep their brain from firing off in too many directions, especially the what ifs when they're really upset about something, when they're really emotionally activated and how they spiral out into what if, well, this could have happened and that could have happened like to pull them back and away from that because they will and you can easily feed that spiral and they will just go forever until they're absolutely burnt and trashed the fuck out pull that back in and have something that you can be like look here let's just have a stable loving time whether that's like cuddling up with them and watching a show or being like why don't we color together like bring that child just back into something that is you know is stable we'll still probably intellectual intellectually energize them lightly light stim they're always going to want stim regardless but a light stim that will activate the other parts of them to connect to you emotionally because that's one thing we always have to remember is that air and water have this really weird alchemy with one another and that the mental realm is never far away from the emotional realm ever because they're both internal processes so yeah. be ready to accommodate that and to i think not manipulates the best word I can think of, but I know there's negative connotations to that word, but we are, mm -hmm. as parents, we are functionally manipulating them more or less, you know? Yeah. But to be able to yeah. manipulate them through that movement and that undulation between mental and emotional and to help them guide that process, but they're always going to be fun. It will never, ever be yeah. a dull moment with a Gemini child. Never. 
Absolutely not. And they're funny. And quick. They're so funny. So quick. They're so my my youngest is the funniest bar, bar none out of all all three of my kids. They're all funny. They all make me laugh. But um, I think sometimes uh, the youngest gets away with a lot more just because she can make me laugh. And then, you know, it's hard to like lecture someone it while is. you're laughing. It like is. Um, yeah. For me, my daughter does not have any Gemini placements. However, she was due. She was supposed to be a Gemini. And a lot of people with parent, you know, when, you know, you're an astrologer, uh, we always look at like our child's potential chart or like the due date chart. And, you know, we all know that they're not going to be born on their due date. You know, it's, it's very rare to get it on the exact day. Um, people don't really expect that, but they can, you know, kind of see the vibe of around the time their child's going to come into the world. So my first year where I really, really took a deep dive into astrology was 2017, 2018, around the time I got pregnant. So I pulled out all my books that I'd had for years, but never really read uh, and really got into astrology because I was going to bring in a Gemini daughter into the world. And um, I was reading all about Gemini kids and everything you guys said, the energeticness, the curiosity, the restlessness, the frustration when they don't get things immediately, you know, the um, all the different things that you deal with when you are, uh, you know, thinking uh, bringing up a Gemini into the world. Well, what happened with me was my child was actually born four months early and she was not a Gemini. She was a 29 degree Aquarius. So when I was, and that's one of the most Aquarian things ever to be born uh, four months early in the last hour of Aquarius to be born at that time. So and she ended up with a third house son. So uh, Nao mentioned earlier about some people for certain instances uh, correlate Gemini with the third house. Now that is not a universal thing that's done. And there's all kinds of arguments that very intricate astrologers will provide you with why that's not a thing. But for those of us that do, um, and for cardamancy, it does kind of reduce that way when you're dealing with archetypes just themselves, not the astronomy part. Um can correlate, you know, Gemini and the third house. And my daughter ended up being in a 29 degree Aquarius with a third house sun. So the curiosity, the air sign, um, intelligence, I would just say, prepare yourself for intelligence, Rainbow. Prepare yourself for a child mm-hmm. that is so incredibly smart and curious and dynamic and dual. My fa- if, I, if I had to reduce Gemini to one word, it would be dual, D-U-A-L. And that just meaning two, that just meaning things going multiple ways. And um, those things, you know, it's not necessarily good or bad, up or down. It's just, it can be many ways at once. And I think that's really interesting. So the next question we had is from... Danielle. So shout out to Danielle. She is um, an modman of our uh, 
in our group. And she had a question for us that we are going to answer now. And that is, how does this Gemini season compare or stack up to last or previous Gemini seasons? So um, last Gemini season uh, was in Star, uh, a period of time where we were dealing with some um, racial trash fires. And we, um, and it was kind of bleeding into the lobby as well. And so at one point we decided um, to shut down the lobby and make the group tarot only. And that created some irritation with some of our members at the time. And they got really mad and left and formed their own group. (laughs) So Such, it was a big, we're so mean it was a big, forcing tarot upon them. How dare, how dare we try to avoid that. dealing with more nonsense. It was absolutely nonsensical, but um, it was a huge thing because it did kind of divide community. the, um, the community. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a Gemini thing too, that division or that, you know, um, duality. And uh, I think that this year has been a lot quieter. There have been some, like, personal fizzles that have happened, but they haven't been, like, necessarily large, largely um, visible members of the community. They've been mostly newer people or, or something of that nature. So I think that it's been a little bit quieter, but I also think that's because we dealt, we're dealing with Mercury retrograde in the middle of Gemini season two. So a lot of people's shit is a little bit more. Absolutely. That that makes sense. I, there are some seasons, like I forget, like I forget a lot of shit. And even though like, I'll remember the details when it's brought up, like, Oh yeah, I remember that happened. But Gemini season is not one of those seasons. I just like, I have to like go back and reconstruct what happened. But I have noticed a theme um, going into this question that, that, Danielle is asking is that air seasons are the racism seasons. Okay. Those are the seasons Mm -hmm. where I have to deal Aquarius, Aquarius, anything uh, like is racial energy and dealing with racism and the discussion of racism. And it's actually a really frustrating approach because not that the, other seasons will bring up issues like inequality. We think about inequality in fucking uh, Sagittarius season because of like the holidays and shit and the people who have and the people who don't. But it's still not a, it's still not the venomous vibe that fucking the air seasons have when it comes to talking about Libra is a little bit less because we're leaning into the end of the year, getting geared up for holiday season and stuff like that. And Libra's about partnerships with people. So um, it's a little bit yeah. better, but I do notice that racial discussions and upheavals and disagreements do, um, they are predicated on air seasons or transits what do you think about that i actually was i actually was thinking about that the other day i was writing i'm still finishing it but i was writing an article about modality and um 
elements and um, I was just like re kind of just reviewing all of the characteristics of each element and just the detachment and the theorize the tendency to theorize in an air sign, especially people who are dealing with predominantly air placements and then they're placed Mm -hmm. into an air um, season and the sun is shining on those air placements, the tendency to detach themselves emotionally from the situation creates this, creates this kind of um, lack of compassion in their thoughts and their, their expressions. And I think that that has a big part to play in the way people express themselves. In Absolutely. Seasons. And, and as I was thinking about the other day, I've been at this every day in this November will be four years that I've done this daily, like very intense solar synchronicity because I run an astrology community and, um, I forget Gemini season, but like there are other patterns. I definitely, definitely don't like what happens in Leo season and stuff like that. But yeah, that's something I have noticed is um, air signs. And we're talking about theory. And I think Aquarius because Aquarius wants to like wrap everything up in a neat bow and our community is predominantly white. So that wrapping yeah. having a white person wrap up racism is something i never want to hear under any circumstances right. whatsoever you know what yeah. i mean so uh those yeah. i'm not surprised yeah. that last season we did last gemini season we did have a great exodus but i think um when you're a bunch of people that are living in lo- uh lunar and solar synchronicity and you are asking as a collective and individually for the divine to remove anything that impedes your path moving forward, to take away anything that which no longer serves you and your success, then what's a great exodus in a Gemini season? Mm-hmm. Splitting a genu- splitting a community, right. you know what I mean? I feel like we're right. stronger because of it. Um, it created Absolutely. more homogeneous stuff in our communities, but a homogeneous community is a lot of times a more harmonious community. Um, I would heavily argue mm-hmm. that uh, diversity is not harmonious. And if it is, then why? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's how it stacks up. Other Gemini seasons before, Carl, I don't remember. I'd, ha- I'd have to see like time stamps of this was the season. I think the one recovering bo- from Taurus season. Taurus season usually, yes. historically for Star, has usually been fucking rough. Yeah, Star, um, tor- yeah, they get jumped together. But remember, oh wait, Gemini season before is when we had that one Gemini mod that went on to Twitter and would copy and paste uh, a Twitter no. user's astro takes. Shout out to Kiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and she... Like would take, you know, because like on Twitter, you have to like do different, like Mm -hmm. shorter versions. She would get each one, put it all together word for word in one post, post it in star with no, um, with no, like, like no credit to the original author. People would, people would compliment her in her writing and she would be like, yes, yes. Thank you so much. I'm just working really hard. Try to like. (laughs) <laughs> understand the shit you know what i mean so kiki who had a following on twitter i don't know if she's still active on twitter i think she's going by 
her full name, last name King. I don't want to mess up her first name, but shout out to her because she gave me a very important reading out of this. So this actually did trigger this. So thank you, Danielle, for uh, reminding me of this. Um, so what happened was Kiki had a following of 10K on Twitter. And all, not all, but Kiki had sent a screenshot of this mod or admin, because I didn't make people mods back in the day. Everyone was an admin, you know? This admin of Star posting with Star's name on the top of the group to her 10,000 fans. Now, the mod in question, or the ad admin, she was an admin, in question was black, okay? I am also black. My Queen Machete page got inundated with bad reviews. People were talking about me plagiarizing uh, this person from Twitter and confused my the admin with me. Then this admin went off and did the most, most, most and threatened to sue and told me she was pressing charges because I didn't remove her post from OG Star. So they're there somewhere. Her plagiarized post. Um... And I am just waiting for my cease and desist in the mail because she's pressing charges because <laughs> I didn't delete it. And then the people, I ended up like, uh, you know, mending fences with Kiki, reached out to her personally and was like, girl, I didn't even know. I'm not even paying attention to what this other person's posting because I don't even care. No shade. I don't care about anything that's supposed to apply to a lot of people. Like, that's a blanket statement, but whatever like if it's like all Sagittarius's need to wipe the third inch of their asshole today like <laughs> it doesn't apply to everybody you know what I mean so I don't get as much um it just really reminds me of sometimes like a horoscope type it's not as specific to you yeah. even if they go by moon sign or any specific sign I don't necessarily I don't personally consume that kind of astrology content so I wasn't paying attention to this yeah. admin in my group who was you know, all cancers need to do this or all Leos need to do that. Um, so I had not, I wasn't aware. So once I um, apologized, did my own investigation and found it word for word, you know, it's bad if I have to investigate um, <laughs> and um, mended fences with the girl on Twitter and let her know it wasn't me, removed the person in question Um they were able, her fans removed the bad reviews on Queen Machete. Um, and yeah, that was a, I don't even, I didn't even look like her, but like there was only like, there's only very few uh, black people in stars. So they just assumed it was me. And that was a story of Gemini season past. And I think that's all I got. I don't know any, anything else. I really can't remember. Um, our last question from our Starling is from Daniel and they ask for this Gemini season, how are you nourishing both your physical and spiritual selves and balancing the mundane and the spiritual? Who wants to take it first? Um, so for me, I did so in my yearly reading from Jawali, I got the Ten of Swords for huh. Gemini season. So I already knew this was going to be a rough one. Gemini season usually is um, just because that's where my Chiron is. Um, 
but I've been just kind of slowing myself down and not expecting too much out of myself, which is a new thing for me. Um, and I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of studying, which for me as a mercurial person is kind of the way that I approach my spirituality, um, is learning to better myself and learning to elevate myself. And that's what I have been doing this Gemini season. Okay. Yeah. For me, what about you, Nao? Oh, so I, I think like, I'm at a point in life in which the mundane and the spiritual aren't that untangled. And sometimes I, but I think like I forgot about that during this season. Um, and I've spent a lot more time because my Chiron is also in Gemini. So I've spent a lot more time focusing on the internal parts of myself that are wounded. And so while it's not made me as um, normally chatty as you'd and extroverted as we would expect with Gemini energy to want to be communicating, to want to be out talking to a bunch of people, um, I've been largely wanting to keep it quiet. And with and starting with a Mercury retrograde too, it was very much like, say less, bitch. Mm -hmm. Right now is the time to mm -hmm. actually say less. And you say a lot most of the time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. take advantage of this time to just yeah. say less. So I think like in terms of the mundane and the spiritual, there are times when I was like doing so much like internal work on who I, who I am, what am I doing? And because my, you know, my work largely dovetails into the spiritual anyways, and having to apply that because we can't, I can't be out here on some page of swords shit being like, Oh yeah, do these things when I'm not actually doing the work and applying it to myself, you know? So I think I've spent most of this retrograde season trying to do more of that work on myself than I have in previous seasons. Um, and really being tender with the fact that the Chiron stuff is coming up to the surface because the sun is approaching it. So it's letting it out, putting it in the open. And it's like, Oh, it's much harder to like be focused on certain things when it's like all of these woundings, which are your, also your opportunities are right in front of your face. Yes. So you might want to deal with those. You might want to deal yep. with those. Absolutely. It's super important, um, especially for spiritual practitioners to you, just like I always tell everybody, you want your therapist to have a therapist. Uh, you want your spiritual practitioner to be working on themselves spiritually. And to echo the sentiment that Nao said, um, I have, I don't know, 70 to 90 different clients that I work for on a monthly basis. So I don't have a choice. I have to, because I'm doing spiritual work, um, the mundane and the spiritual overlap every single day. I don't know that I have um, a huge separation between the two because I work every day and I'm submerged in my community every day and I'm a lack of boundaries, have an ass individual <laughs> in general. So um, the spiritual and the mundane tend to overlap very, very quickly. Now, how am I nourishing those things? This season, um, we're already in June. I swear 2022 just fucking started and we're almost half over. 
So I really had to do, and you know, we're all Leo rising. So we're all dealing with 11th house stuff. We're all similar ages and we all have Gemini Chiron. So needless to say, this year has flown by. It's gone exponentially fast. So this Gemini season for me was the realization that um, kind of like confronting my imposter syndrome because I'm a Gemini uh Chiron, just like the two of you, and it's in the 11th house, uh, 10th, 11th house, um, just like the two of you, um, and really recommitting. It's almost like a first, it was like a first quarter vibe, recommitting to myself, recommitting to who I am and what it is that I'm doing, and really kind of like putting the boat, factually lacing my spiritual life and my mundane life together because that's what it is I do every day regardless and knowing that that's what I do every day you kind of I have to remind my clients all the time like every single day you're learning about tarot and astrology talking about it with people all day every single day you know the cycle of the moon where the moon's at what it's doing what Saturn's doing what the sun is doing what you know Yes, Therefore, I'm you're already living it. You're already trying to impose your will on reality. When? So for me, it was too. applying that to myself. And that really motivated right. well, me. It motivated me to dive deeper into my own personal projects as Queen Machete. And it motivated me to be like, yeah, let's open up a parenting group. Let's work on a professional group. Let's, you know, let me take the plunge in so many ways. Um because I'm worth the risk. So that's that's how I nourished myself. And tonight I'm actually doing, I also realized this year in 2022 that I really, really love quarter moons a lot more than I love full and new moons. Now for me, it was out of necessity. I am a tarot reader and new moons and full moons are booked for my clients. So I don't really have, I am so exhausted after a marathon of dozens of readings to do my whole ritual at the end of the night. So out of necessity, I, and, and because of the way the months were set up this particular year, the new, uh, the first quarter and the third quarter moons became very like prominent um, from February, March, and April. And I love that. I love the recommitting. I love um, not only just the releasing of the full moon uh, at the time of the full moon, but you know what? A week later, I'm still going to re-release that and recommit to that healing. So it's about recommitment. It's about um, realizing that time is fucking flying and that I want to get an education in, you know, even higher education in spirituality and in being a leader in a spiritual sense and seeing how that comes together for me. So I made some posts in star about, you know, some late night looks at metaphysical universities and degrees and what that looks like. And yeah, just, you know, that's what it has been um, for me personally, as far as blending the two and nourishing myself in both the spiritual and the physical. So those are the questions that we have from Starlings. Um, Next, I want to do to wrap up the episode. I want to talk about the do's and don'ts. So like we have, we're halfway through 
Mm-hmm. And this comment to recommitting, we had to recommit to this podcast. Yes. We just had some technical difficulties that we had to recommit <laughs> to this episode of the podcast just now. Didn't we draw, so, like, nine, now, last yes. time we did tarot reading for the podcast, the nine It was a hot was mess. Like, <laughs> and we're like, what It was the like hot fuck? mess. And we're actually... I, I like that. I like that you brought up the quarter moon because we're actually in a quarter exactly. moon right now, and I like that um, just from a technical standpoint because the quarter moon is the energy of a square because it's the sun mm-hmm. squaring the moon, and there is this element of challenge and of um, necessity breeds innovation yes. type of energy. And we love that. So I just wanted to um, touch on that because that inspired me to think on the nature of the, f- the quarter moons. The point is, and this is for starlings. Like I don't, you know, I know this podcast reaches worldwide and you could be listening to us and not knowing what the fuck we're talking about. If not, please click something somewhere nearby. I know Nail will tell you where it's at um, <laughs> to find out more about who we are. But um for us, we're doing it. We're living in solar and lunar synchronicity regardless. Um, because we're talking yeah. about the transits every single day. We're um, pulling cards of the day. We're in many groups that's just spread uh, like a singular card. We have whole spreads that people are working with um, on a daily basis. And we have programming in STAR where, people, where they have their own lunar... Um, events going on in the group and um we just really need to realize we're already doing it we're already imposing our will on reality and um we might as well feel empowered and take any credit for any success that ensues and take notes for when things don't go our way as well which is very much temperance very much the Sagittarius full moon that is coming up in just a week from now. So this recommitment at this Virgo quarter moon, which I love, I I love a Virgo quarter moon. I love a Virgo first quarter moon because it's about editing. It's about Mm -hmm. what were your Gemini season goals at the new moon that you made a week ago? And what is getting in your way of those? Now is the time to make those adjustments. And there is very, very little energy a better there's nothing better than virgo to tweak on my new chat okay yeah. and and make things better over details and shit so um i really love the lunar transit that we're experiencing right now and it's not angry like even with like even with as much difficulties as it is i'm an, any excuse to be mad I, girl I'm already there, you know, but I'm not like angry. I'm more like, let's figure this out, you know, like a fucking mercurial, yeah. whatever the fuck, you know, um, and that in the season, yeah. it very much lends itself to that. We talked, um, but about the solar synchronicity, what are, we're halfway through, what are your do's and don'ts, each of you, we'll each talk about it, for the rest of the season? Like, what would you advise people, something they should do and something they shouldn't do? Gemini season is really about like working on communication skills. So like go back to school on how you're communicating with other people 
and really examine that and ask yourself is if the is the language that I'm using is the wording that I'm using is this verbal because there's a focus on verbal communication with Gemini. So are is my verbal communication where I want it to be? Am I using the words that provide me with the most power, the most ability to transfer information accurately to other people and really to reflect on it, are my communications effective to others? Because now would be a good time to pull those adjustments in and to educate yourself a little bit more about maybe learning how to communicate more effectively in an area that you're struggling with. There's a lot of information that's out there. And for me, when I was in college, like taking a, commu a human communications class was really illuminating just to see like what we do understand about how humans communicate and relate to one another. So that can always be an effective education that you can pour into yourself during Gemini season. And I think in terms of like don'ts, also to, I think Gemini season is a good time to learn that there's such a thing as too much information um, and that there is a, yes. a, a way to overdose on information because there's a certain, and I feel like one thing that I've done to like protect myself this Gemini season has been, I've decided to unplug from the news. I used to like to stay oh, really fuck the fucking news. informed, but I've decided that honestly, like, if I do anything in terms of news, I may like listen or overhear my dad watching the local news. And that's probably going to be the extent of it, even if I do that, because unless it's impacting me on my my ability to move through the world on a day to day basis right now, that's all I have space for, truly. And if I look at the other things that are outside of my realm of influence and are outside of my locality, but are still causing like harm and human suffering, I have a significant emotional reaction to that to the point in which it will disrupt my ability to just do what I have to do on the daily. And I don't, I can't afford that in many ways. Like I really cannot afford fucking up my day because I learned about the gun violence in America. or I'm learning about the wars that are happening in other parts of the world and, and all of the other horrible things that are constantly happening and mm -hmm. will come on happening regardless of whether or not I consume that information or not. That information is mm -hmm. ultimately not going to help me at all. So it's better for me to mm -hmm. not and just to focus on what the fuck I've got going on with my family, with my kids, with my business, with the people that I love on a daily basis and with the world, the local realm in which I exist and function. And that's all I have room for. And really being like, okay with that. And that's Absolutely. not a moral failing on my part for deciding that. No. It's not. And I shared something the other day and it was like a meme about like, and I'm going to paraphrase, but they said, uh, I'm doing very little fucking around and I'm finding out a lot, <laughs> you know, like basically talking about the disproportionate relationship between fucking around and finding out and how like I've kept my fuck mm -hmm. fucking around to a minimum. I mean, who can fuck, who can afford to fuck around in this economy? Right. Yeah, look how much I'm finding out. Mm -hmm. And it prompted yes. me to be like, we just, we know too much. Like, mm -hmm. we're not supposed to know and be inundated about how the meerkat in Russia is going extinct and we'll never, ever know. You right. know what I mean? Like, there was a time in history where we didn't even know there was meerkats in Russia or whatever fucking animal it was. <laughs> and we wouldn't have been sad about it, you know? Nowadays, we, we scroll yeah. and it's like, my grandma died. My dog died. I don't have no food in my fridge. It's just a bunch of sad stories. Mm -hmm. And we're inundated with all this yeah. input of, like, negative shit that we're technically not supposed to know. Mm -hmm. Your mental health would be better if you knew less. Yeah. 
Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. It's not a Ignorance lie. is absolute bliss. It's, it's not, not a, lie. a lie. Look at the worst mental health areas in the America in America and look at the education level of the population. The more you know, the more depressed yeah. the fuck you are. And I definitely, definitely agree with Nao there um, as far as there is such thing as too much information. And I would say on a daily basis, 80% of us are getting too much information. We're not supposed to know that the girl from fifth grade's dog died. So now yeah. we feel bad because we love dogs. Yeah. Like we're not, our day is not supposed to be affected by that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I yeah. thought about this season, just on that same vein is like, Facebook is like handing every single person you've ever known a megaphone and committing to listening to what the fuck they say and think about anything, you know, and in former times, we didn't know what our fifth grade teacher thought about current events because we didn't know if they were alive or dead. Now they're friends with us on Facebook and we know about them. You know what I mean? And there is consequences and burdens of carrying that information with you. Just like, almost like we need to be information minimalists mm-hmm. too. Yeah. In order to have good mental health. Just like we need to be minimalists. Or minimalism can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with physical items as well as intellectual things as well. Um, my yeah. do's and don'ts for the season are pretty concise. We, I've talked a few times about the sleepy Taurus season. It was like a sleepy Piscean dream. Mm-hmm. Very cuddly, like, you know, like falling asleep on your grandma's couch and she's baking cookies. And then we wake up to Gemini season and it's Aries and Gemini. And it's like you're waking up in a porta potty <laughs> at a festival on weekend number two, mm-hmm. Sunday. You right, know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's all bad. So. When you have, Gem- you know, Taurus Pisces is a different vibe than Gemini Aries. Very different vibe. And we got to very much experience those two combos back up back up against each other. So what we're going to do with this Gemini Aries energy, because soon Mercury is going to get out of Taurus and be into Gemini and move on her way uh, over there, um, is take risks with confidence. Okay? Because in Gemini season... You have the in- intelligence you need to do it. And with Aries energy, you have the audacity to do it. So if you're thinking about taking risks, if you're thinking about doing something new or changing something up or starting something, um, whereas Taurus season was not about that initiation, I would say this particular Gemini season post retrograde could be a time for that. Now, technically, and Tanya will talk more about this everywhere everywhere she's she's gonna be your source for it um the rest of the year is ball sacks like the whole transits of the rest of the year are horrible so it's not like i'm saying these are great transits for starting something new they're actually not but do it anyway because aries and gemini do we do it anyway um and comes to my second part which is the don't um don't be afraid to ride your own personal birth chart like a surfboard <laughs> through the rest of these fucking transits for the rest of the year until December 27th, 28th to be exact. Okay. Because it's all bad for everyone. So the collective, this is another reason what tying back into what I was talking about earlier, the collective story is not as useful. Okay. Because everybody's having a bad time. 
We need to use our chart, solar and lunar synchronicity, in order to make the best decisions for ourselves. And wherever Aries and Gemini is in your chart, those are life domains where you can take risks, um, as much risk as you're going to take in 2022, which can be extremely risky considering or not risky considering. It's really up to you. But don't be afraid to do what's in your own best interest. I was pulling a lot of swords cards uh, this season, but a lot of seven of swords, a lot of strategies, a lot of queens. We talked about manipulation and strategizing. Um, I really think that is what this energy is all about. So um, have audacity is always my message, always. And um, do it the easiest way possible, which is a very consistent message for Queen Machete as well. Now we have Tanya who's going to tell you the actual astrological truth about what's going on and what you should and shouldn't do this fucking season. And not quite an opinion. I have lots of opinions. (laughs) So so my do's and don'ts for Gemini season are pretty pretty strongly in the interpersonal realm. Um, Gemini is very much about the dissemination and sharing of information. And so my do and my do and don't, go hand in hand because it's really a do make sure that you are sharing quality information. Do you make sure that you're learning information and sharing it in a responsible manner? Do you make sure that, you know, what you're saying is the truth because Gemini is mutable energy and it can twist things a little bit and make you them don't untrue. Say. And then what happens? And then what happens is the next person twists it and makes it untrue. And then the next person makes it, more untrue and then by the time it gets three people down the line it's unrecognizable as the thing that you said so being as truthful as possible in the information that you're sharing is important because my don't is um don't be gossipy um don't be like snitchy because um even if it's fun in the moment and you get to talk to somebody and you know, they're interested in what you're saying and that feels good. Um, eventually it's going to come back at you and we do have Aries like energy in the mix. And so somebody's going to come <laughs> back at you and they're not going to come back at you mm-hmm. in a nice way. They're going to come back at you Absolutely. aggressively. So like watch, watch, watch yourself. That's good advice. Yeah. That is yeah. good fucking advice. Staying yeah. silent is free, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is. Being silent is free. Yep. We don't have. If you don't have anything quality or truthful nothing. to say, it's unnecessary. Yeah. We're always, and, and to tie back into what I was saying before, you know, like giving everybody a me- megaphone. And Nails talked about this. I've talked about it. You don't have to have an opinion on everything, mm-hmm. you know, like not every mm-hmm. current event or situation needs your, like, I thought you were broke. You don't got two cents to be given on right. shit that doesn't pertain to you. Mm-hmm. Keep that. Buy yourself mm-hmm. something nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> and you don't have to, we don't have to talk about it. You know, um, yeah. which I think is is good. I think I think that is the yeah. best we can do for what we're given for the rest of the year. Now, moving forward, I think the beginning uh, or about a month from now, the beginning of July is kind of OK. But for real, y'all check out the rest of the year. It's it's some shit. OK, um, yeah. so really think about how to when when you're served something like this, something so universally difficult, like difficult transits on a global level for several years, yeah. um, 
Yeah. It is very, very easy to have an existential crisis. It is very, very easy to feel very, very hopeless as a whole. But what makes us human yeah. and the only thing on the planet of aware of our birth chart is our ability to use that. Mm -hmm. So use that chart, mm -hmm. use your knowledge of astrology and don't cut your hair during a Mercury retrograde because you've seen 18 memes about Mercury being reggaeton for the last five years. You've shared the same ones, you know? So um, mm -hmm. use your knowledge to the best, to your benefit, mm -hmm. okay? And sometimes that is not showing your lack of for the whole world to see, okay? Mm -hmm. So like Mayo said, yeah. say less this Gemini season. And we would like to say at the end of this, thank you to everybody that is supporting us. We want to say thank you to Tanya mm -hmm. for joining us for this beautiful Gemini conversation that we had. Can you um, let everybody know how they can get in contact with you? So uh, you can reach me on my website, which is mercurialwonder.com. I also have a page on Facebook. You can message me there or you can message me directly if we're friends. Um, I'm always looking for new friends. So you can friend request me there too. As Absolutely. Well. And we also want to say thank you to viewers like you, <laughs> aka our patrons. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of you who listen, who share, who review, who promote, who hype us up, who make this fucking possible. And especially thank you to those of you who put your cold, hard money behind making this happen. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nao has your names. I do. And she's going to shout you out. Yes. So. So we are shouting out Alicia. We're shouting out Amanda. Ari, Joy, Mindy, Miranda, Victoria, Ashley, Emily, Jennifer, Melanie, Vic, and Kristen. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys yes. for supporting us here at the Star Podcast so we can keep making these for you guys, even if we are on a Gemini season Mercury retrograde struggle bus. We will show up for we you will. guys. Mm -hmm. We will show up for you guys. And we will show up for you guys and we will continue. And, and what I want to leave this episode with is we had difficulties getting this episode together, our own personal difficulties, dealing with the season, dealing with Mercury retrograde. And even when we did this episode, my computer just fucking died in the, the, middle, of it. In the middle of it because I'm fucking <laughs> hot as fuck while we're recording this. The bar is on the floor, y'all. Mm -hmm. Just step over it. Yeah. Okay. We just need to get through it. Mm -hmm. We just need to get through yeah. it. When it's too hard, lower the bar. No, we didn't show up with like a perfectly structured um, episode with all the transits perfectly pinpointed right before the season. So the second the sun goes into Gemini, you can have, no, we, we struggled that. more than that. <laughs> and that's okay. So now you get a mid Gemini season check-in with three of your favorite people. And it's better. It's better. So lower the bar and things yeah. will be better. And things being done is better than not being done at all. And exactly. so thank you to everybody who supports us and anybody who's listening. If you're, if you're, if you too have a seat on the struggle bus, it's standing room only. So you're a little bit late <laughs> if you decide to struggle now. Right. I'm not, I'm not giving up my seat. Okay. It's not no back of the bus shit here. Right. Um, I'm keeping my seat standing room only mm -hmm. figure it out. Um, but if you're if you're joining the struggle bus, then 
have compassion for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, be gentle with yourself. Understand that, that the times that we live in are unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And, have it, and struggling with it is a sign of your humanity and your health. Okay, not a sign that there's something wrong with you. If you're having a negative reaction to the world at large and the things that we deal with, you might just be paying attention. Yeah. So you might um, actually be a relatively decent human being. Yes. So pay less attention because you deserve peace too. Okay. So, uh, Nao, let them know how they can reach you. You guys can find me on Instagram and TikTok as The Real It's Nao. You can also. and? and also Facebook. Don't I let know, them. I'm, let, I'm okay, coming. I just tell them. I'm tell them how famous you are. <laughs> you guys can catch me on Facebook as myself because now Facebook allows you to do that. I'm not really going to be focusing on the It's Nao page because I'm mm-hmm. a I'm an official digital creator on my main yes. profile, which is just Nao Kanapka. You can yes. figure out how to She's spell that so- somewhere. I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty. It's it sounds. It's phonetic. It's phonetic. Um, she's phonetic. famous on Facebook now, so I needed everybody to know. I yes. couldn't even wait. See, I can't. Just she, she's famous. <laughs> she's she's gonna get a blue check mark, you guys. I'm gonna yeah. Um, set that. She's out. gonna get a blue check mark. That's what we're that's what we're manifesting. We're manifesting. Um, you can. I'm Queen Machete. You can find me on my Patreon. That's all I give a fuck about. Besides this podcast, I'm not coming up for air for nothing else. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so Patreon.com/slash Queen Machete. You can also. Find me being ridiculous in star in the comfort of my own home. And I will be ridiculous over there. Joali Nicole on Facebook. You can support the podcast. Okay. Star the society on Patreon. Star the society on Instagram. It's other stuff, other places. I'm sure there's a link somewhere nearby. Ask an adult, not me. There's something somewhere that has all our information. And um, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Once again, thank you, Tanya of Mercurial Wonder. Thank you, Nao, for rocking with me. Struggle bus or <laughs> nah. Sometimes we're on foot. Sometimes, sometimes it's yeah. struggle we're mob. We're the bus. We're like, stop. I need yeah. to get on. <laughs> Fuck. At least if I was on a bus, we'd be moving. Right? <laughs> but we love you guys. Thank you so much. Signing off. Star Society. Gemini season. We're out. Bye-bye. Bye.